0: Closing out the business year requires a lot of work. Among other things, you may have year-end bonuses to provide, W-2s to deliver, or annual notices to furnish. Welcome to HRpreneur. This is Jim Duffy. From Main Street to Your Street, our HRpreneur podcast helps small businesses like yours gain the knowledge you need, from HR, payroll, and hiring, to time, taxes, benefits, and insurance. Today, we'll talk with our guest, Meryl Godman, about what you need to know to navigate end-of-year responsibilities. Meryl is Senior Counsel for ADP's Human Capital Management, or HCM, Group. Meryl, great to see you. Thanks for being on our podcast again.
1: Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back here today.
0: So let's start by looking at year-end bonuses. What should employers keep in mind about these?
1: Uh, Well, I think there are several things to keep in mind. So when you're thinking about paying out a bonus, you're going to choose to reward and recognize high performers, especially towards the end of the year. And if you do, depending on certain factors, you'll have to determine whether your bonus is considered discretionary or non-discretionary, and then how to treat it when it comes to overtime. And then you're also going to have certain tax obligations to think about as well.
0: So, okay, can you help explain some of the factors to determine whether a bonus is considered discretionary or one that is non-discretionary?
1: Sure. So discretionary bonuses are those that aren't announced or promised in advance, and they don't need to be included when you're calculating overtime. So for example, if you decide at the end of the year to surprise your employees with a bonus for the holidays or for a special occasion, then that would generally be considered a discretionary bonus. But most bonuses are considered non-discretionary. So these are the types of bonuses that employees know about and expect, and they're based on defined terms. So for example bonuses that are based on a predetermined formula, such as individual or group production bonuses, or bonuses for the quality and accuracy of work, or bonuses announced to employees to encourage them to work more efficiently, or attendance bonuses or safety bonuses. These two may be paid out at the end of the year, but they're not at the employer's discretion. And it's these non-discretionary bonuses that are the types of bonuses that could impact
0: overtime. Thanks, Meryl. I'm curious how a bonus might impact overtime. Can you explain?
1: Sure. Federal law requires employers to pay non-exempt employees overtime at one and a half times their regular rate of pay for all hours worked over 40 in a work week. And then there are states that also have additional overtime requirements under different circumstances as well. So when calculating an employee's regular rate of pay, employers have to include non-discretionary bonuses. So, that's where the bonuses can affect how much overtime is owed to the employee because a bonus will increase the employee's regular rate of pay.
0: So, how does a non discretionary bonus get factored into the regular rate of pay?
1: Well, if the non discretionary bonus is earned over a single work week, the bonus is simply added to the employee's regular earnings for that work week when determining the regular rate of pay. But if the bonus is earned over a series of work weeks, then the bonus must be included in the regular rate of pay in all overtime weeks covered by the bonus period.
0: Got it. So let's move on to the possible tax implications for paying out bonuses.
1: Sure. So with limited exceptions, bonuses are generally considered supplemental wages and are subject to federal taxes as well as certain state taxes. And I'd recommend that you consult with your tax advisor to understand what your tax obligations are with respect to bonuses.
0: So, Merrill, does that mean that all bonuses are taxable? What if I just give employees, say, like a gift card?
1: So, Jim, many types of bonuses are considered taxable by the IRS. So, for example, cash, a gift certificate, a gift card, and similar items that can easily be exchanged for cash are typically considered taxable wages regardless of the amount. But if you were to give your employee a turkey or a ham or another item of nominal value for the holidays, then that generally wouldn't be considered taxable income. But if you have questions, then really, it's best to consult a tax
0: advisor. Yeah, that's always good advice. So let's move on to our next topic, W-2 forms. Can you remind our listeners of the exact deadline for providing the W-2 to employees?
1: Sure. So generally, employers must furnish the W-2 to employees by January 31st each year. If you're mailing the forms, employers will meet this requirement if the form is properly addressed and mailed on or before the due
0: date. That's great, but I have another question about that. What should an employer do if they mail a W2 to a former employee and it is returned as undeliverable?
1: That's a great question and it happens more often than you'd think. So if it does happen, the employer should make a reasonable effort to try to deliver the W2 to the former employee. So for instance, the employer wants to confirm that the address that the W2 was sent is the same as the one as they have on file. And if the addresses match, then the employer should contact the individual to see if they have a changed address. Um, if they are able to obtain an updated address, then place the returned unopened envelope into a new envelope and mail it to the new address. And the employer may also want to document that their first attempt was returned as undeliverable. And they can do this by taking and holding on to a photo of the front of the returned envelope. And to help reduce these types of scenarios before an employee leaves, think about verifying that you have the correct mailing address on file and to ask the employee to notify you if they have a change in address.
0: So, Meryl, what if employers want to provide W-2s to employees electronically? Can they? And if they do, if if they're allowed to, is there a different due date?
1: Absolutely. So employers can furnish W-2s electronically to employees, provided that they take certain steps. So each employee participating has to consent either electronically or by a paper document to receive their W-2 electronically, and you have to notify the employee of the hardware and the software requirements that they need to have to receive the form. You can't send a W-2 electronically to any employee who doesn't consent or who has revoked consent previously provided. And to furnish the W-2s electronically, you also have to meet certain disclosure requirements and provide a clear and conspicuous statement of each requirement to your employees. Employers have to furnish those electronic W-2s by the same due date as the paper W-2s, which is January 31st.
0: Thanks for clarifying that. So if we can switch gears, can we talk about other tax notices that employers may be required to provide to employees during this time of year?
1: Sure. So there are several states and at least one city that require employers to provide employees with notices about the state and or the federal earned income tax credit or EITC. So the EITC is a refundable income tax credit for low to moderate income workers. And in many cases, the EITC notice is required annually at or near the same time as the W-2. So for example, on or before December 31st of each year, All Maryland employers have to provide electronic or written notice to an employee who may be eligible for the federal and Maryland EITC. Maryland employers may choose to notify all of their employees or just those with income at or below the maximum for EITC eligibility.
0: Okay. Where else are these annual EITC notices required?
1: So they're required in a number of jurisdictions, actually, Um, California, Illinois, New Jersey, Oregon, Philadelphia, and Texas, for example, they each have their own annual EITC notice requirements, and the rules that govern the timing, the format, and the contents of the notice differ by jurisdiction, so it's really best to check out the specific law that applies to your business for details.
0: Great. Well, Merrill, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you again. It's great to have you back, and I enjoyed our discussion. Uh, you covered a lot of ground. I took a few notes while while you were speaking, so if I can just give a quick recap, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong along the way. Okay. So, if you pay bonuses, make sure you consider overtime and tax rules. If you have a non-discretionary bonus, when calculating an employee's regular rate of pay, make sure you include these bonuses. Bonuses are considered supplemental wages and are subject to federal taxes as well as certain state taxes. Employers must furnish the W-2 to employees by January 31st each year. And my last point was that several states and at least one city also require employers to provide employees with notices about the state and or federal earned income tax credit or the EITC. Did I get them correctly?
1: You did, Jim. Great Great job.
0: Thank you again. Presented by ADP, HRpreneur focuses on the entrepreneurs and business drivers who are shaping the growth of their companies and positively impacting the lives of their employees. With each episode, we bring you the experts, answer your questions to help you think beyond today so you can discover more success tomorrow. Thanks also to our listeners for joining us for today's episode. Be well, and we hope you'll join us again soon.